does kind of feel weird, doesn't it? Not having a Sooner game this weekend. Kind of realizing we're already at the bye week. That's kind of where I am right now. It's one of those moments where you go, it's halfway over. Halfway home. I feel like we just got here. feel like we just got here. Welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Friday dish. Boy, there's a what a tone to set on a Friday. Welcome to the show. The college football season is halfway over. Good times. Hey, let me tell you something. I, I'm not trying to dovetail of T-Row and TJ. right? They, they, they're their own world. We're our own world. Everyone has their own world. We don't steal content around here. But the who's number three has been one heck of a conversation over on Big 12 Radio. And yesterday, Josh, you know, Big 12 today is not a show that gets phone callers. I mean, let's just be honest. At its core, we probably don't have a ton of listeners. We just accept that and we go with it and we cash the checks. But, but yesterday, Josh, yesterday, Dave from West Virginia called. He was very mad, very mad at us. I was working with Marshall Newhouse, former Raider great. He, he last Marshall Newhouse played for like nine NFL teams. He was with the Raiders for one season, and it's all that I talk about with him. But nine, niner, nine. Um, Dave was mad because the conversation was who's number three in the Big 12, right? And his point was, we're 2-0. and oh, Why aren't we number two? We're sitting here having beaten Texas Tech. We, um, who was their other win over? I don't know why it's escaping. TCU. TCU, thank you. We beat TCU. We beat the team that played in the Big 12 championship game last year, and a lot of people were picking them to win or at least be in the mix again, to be number three maybe up there with Kansas State. Everybody's been gaga over Texas Tech, and we beat them. Why are we not number two? Why wouldn't we not be? Why wouldn't we? Why would we not be number two ahead of Texas? Why not us? Why not us? Well, gosh. What a heartbreaking way to have to say, yeah, bro, that's why. I mean, just, you almost feel like there's a certain sense of a curse for West Virginia right now. And I don't know, I don't know if some kid was sitting in bed bed whenever West Virginia beat Oklahoma in the, what was that, the Fiesta Bowl many, many moons ago when Pat White ran crazy there was some fullback that went Owen I feel like his name was Owen I used to have Owen Daniels that's right I would have nightmares about that guy just running rough shot going crazy all over the field but I can't help but wonder if some kid at that then I say Lord I don't care whatever it takes we can suck for the rest of our lives just please let us beat Oklahoma and I kind of feel like since that moment while there's been some highs for West Virginia Every high has some sort of absolutely gut-wrenching, bone-crushing low. I mean, they put 70 on Clemson in a bowl game since that moment. And Geno Smith was supposed to be that dude. That historic day against Oklahoma, Tavon Austin, still couldn't beat him. Right? Yeah, Dana Holgerson. And, well, I mean, you could even go back to the mess near the end of the Bill Stewart era. May he rest in peace. But, yeah, I don't. I just feel like for everything positive that seems to happen for West Virginia, Josh, there is always some there's always some kneecap. I think about even this offseason, right? New athletic director comes in, Ren Baker comes in, what immediately happens? Bob Huggins becomes a disaster. Yeah, that's true. 
Last night was uh, – Oh, gosh, dude. Ouch. For them to erase that deficit, get in front the way they did, and then obviously give up the Hail Mary is – Again, I, I'm starting to wonder if they're a cursed franchise, program, team, whatever. Crushing. Finally, you're t- things are looking up. The only loss you had this year was Penn State. You get your quarterback, Garrett Greenback. He looked really good. You were able to do some things with that offense that we thought you might be able to do. And lo and behold, Josh, they get beat. It stinks. Now, I will say that was very, very close to being on my lock list yesterday. Have you ever gone back with someone after you they uh, they broke your heart and you end up going back to them, but you just know they're going to break your heart again? Has that ever happened to you in life? I'm doing that this weekend with Tennessee. They broke my heart, but I just I cannot can't fathom. Them. I can't fathom them only being like a three point favorite over Texas A and M right now in in Knoxville. It doesn't compute. It just doesn't compute. Josh can't quit you, Tennessee. Is this going to be another one of those times where I get roped in and I'm sitting here on Monday and I'm like, I don't know how that happened. I just don't know what took place there. That's that's gut-wrenching. Tennessee's about to hurt me again. But no, so you take, I guess, to bring it full circle to the number three conversation, you've got to take West Virginia off that mountain, right? Yeah, oh yeah. They're not They're not in the mix right now. They're not After there. last night, no. They're not there at number two anymore. And, and honestly... Oh, that's early. I, I look at Brittany. All right, hang in there for just a second, Brittany. I'll get it right to you. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that's who had jumped on this early. Um, I'm, I'm with Toby, though. I'm with Toby. I've not been impressed with what Texas Tech has done this year. I'm sorry, Tech Tina. That's not a personal shot. Don't we have another? I feel like we have another Texas Tech listener out there. Nobody is prominent as Tech Tina. No one is prominent as Tech Tina. Okay. But this weekend could go a long way in in writing that ship. It's almost like a loser leaves town match. Stop me if I've used that analogy before. You hear me, Dusty Rhodes? I'll put my pride where I live and my life on the line because if I lose tonight, I'm going to leave Texas. No! That's right. You got to get out of Texas. And the town was never the town, Josh. The town was always the state. You got to leave Texas. <laughs> so it's almost as if Saturday night is a is a loser leaves town match, right? Because if Texas Tech loses at home, there's your ding second non or second conference loss. I don't I don't think a two loss team is playing in the Big Twelve title game. Would it su- surprise me right now? No. Maybe I need to find. Maybe I need to leave that take in the workshop for a little bit but as we sit here on October 13th year of our Lord 2023 then yeah you get that second loss you got a lot of work to do and you need some help meanwhile Kansas State gets that win suddenly it's like oh okay all right maybe it was Will Howard's worst performance ever and now he's good to go from here to four yeah and then all of a sudden things look manageable for Kansas State leading up to obviously the trip to Austin Preach, preach. I um, I I spent way too much time last night. I was supposed to remember how excited I was about finishing an article last night, Josh. You want to know? And why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't I be? Uh, And why would I actually finish the article instead of look at everyone's schedule the rest of the way out and come up with the top five most difficult schedules left in college football? 
I've got it coming up for you here. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Well, and, and I, I was inspired by a 24-7 sports article that I saw, and I was like, that's not right. So I went and did a little dig, and I did my own work. It's like, no, stop it. And in two instances, they were absolutely 100% right. I think USC has the toughest schedule left. I mean, just if we're going beyond Big 12, our region, I think USC, and we've talked about it. It's like you need to be clicking by the time you get to um, see Notre Dame, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. That's four of their last six games are those teams right there. And uh, don't forget, did I mention UCLA? UCLA has one of the most improved de- defenses in college sure football they do. this year. But it's that could watching USC is giving me horrific flashbacks to 2021 Oklahoma. I'm just telling you right now, it's wild to watch them. Saturday night, Saturday night, them in Arizona. That was uh, I, I, don't, I couldn't even come up with a comparison. It was so crazy. But we'll get to it coming up later on in the program. As always, Josh Helmer, you can find us on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. We, we, uh, are you serious? When did that happen? Mikhail Lemon, <laughs> they're working him at quarter. It's going so poorly. Oh my goodness. Social media has responded accordingly. Oh gosh. Oh my, oh my goodness. All right. Anyway, that Josh was looking up something involving uh, USC and I guess late last night or yesterday afternoon was the. Uh, they're going to move Makai Lemon to corner, but I guess the good news here is that his his future is still a wide receiver. So, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, listen, I, we'll get to all that coming up. It is a very, very popping Friday morning here on the Plank Show. But uh, right now, though, we want to talk about a big event that's coming to Guthrie this weekend. Um, everyone is invited. Not just Lyft, Jeeps, and other 4 by 4 owners, but everybody. It's the Midwest Lyft Fest, and Brittany's with the Guthrie Chamber of Commerce here to give us all the details. Good morning, Britt. Thanks so much for joining us. Sorry for that wait. Uh, you were bright and early, and I appreciate it. How's it going on this Friday? No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, to be on and a neighbor just, you know, a little bit north. Yeah, a little bit. All. A little bit north. Hey, man, listen. Anytime I get a chance to go to Guthrie, I'm going to be there. It's, it is awesome. And you guys got a big event that's going on this weekend. Tell us a little bit about it. We do. So this is our annual event. Um, I say our. It's, it's not through the chamber. It's actually put on by Vance Auto Group. But um, they are one of our largest uh, chamber investors. And so I get the privilege of serving on a committee to help plan this event. Oh, cool. Um, it used to be called Midwest Jeep Fest and started by a couple of Jeep enthusiasts um, with the help of Vance Auto Group and now has changed to Midwest Lift Fest to incorporate all lifted vehicles and, of course, other vehicles that Vance Auto Group sells. Can you, uh, just as a side, uh, I've really been in, in press, uh, impressed with the, uh, the Vance Auto Group people. We've just recently started uh, a relationship with them, and they're great people, and they they really care not just about the best quality cars, but – in what you're telling us, Britt, they really seem like they care about the community, too. 100%. So they have been um, around for um, about 40 years, and they absolutely love Guthrie. They do, of course, have some stores in some other uh, communities, um, but it started right here. And they give back tenfold. I mean, mm. they give to nonprofits, the schools, 
I mean, if there is something going on, Vance Auto Group's name is on it because they care and they care in a huge way. So tell me, well, then what is, what's Midwest Lift Fest? What am I going to see? Like you mentioned, it used to be Jeep Fest, but we wanted to make sure we, we welcomed everybody to this. So what is it all about? What can we see? So it is Saturday, October 14th. So tomorrow it's from noon to five at Vance Auto Group in Guthrie, right off of I-35. Um, it's going to be behind um, the Chrysler Dodge Jeep store. And um, what people can expect is an off-road course. Um, an inflatable carnival for kids, food trucks, almost $10,000 in raffles. Um, we've got some really awesome raffles. We've got 35-inch uh, tires, brand bed liners. Uh, Kicker Audio is our main sponsor this year, and they have donated um, several items for our raffle, including um, sound system and install. It's like a $2,000 value. Um, there's going to be face painting, a DJ, um, a new thing we've added this year is an RC track. Um, so for those uh, remote control car enthusiasts, they can bring their own RC cars um, and try it out on our track that we have built just for that this year. Are you kidding me? You guys got an RC yeah. track? Yes, you can totally be a big kid <laughs> and come out with your RC car. I might, I might go spend a couple hundred bucks and buy me one of those lifted up uh, RC cars. All right. And as you mentioned, this is a really cool event, not just for the community, but also, you know, just to kind of get out. It, it, the weather is, is turning on us a little bit. It's for a great cause as well, too, because there is uh, all proceeds that are going to Make-A-Wish this weekend of Oklahoma. Yes, and so every year, um, this is the fifth year, like I said, um, Vance chooses a nonprofit. So this year's recipient is Make-A-Wish Oklahoma. Um, our goal this year is to grant five wishes, and each wish costs approximately $7,500. So oh, wow. I'm not a math whiz, but we need to raise a lot of money tomorrow. Yeah, and you can do that. Uh, and, uh, again, just great sponsors that are part of this, Vance Auto Group. You mentioned uh, Kicker as well, too. But let's just make sure we get the who, what, when, where, and why because it's going to be right in the back of Vance Auto Group's Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and that's uh, right off of Duncan Street. Is it easy to find? Is it just something we can throw into Google or Apple Maps and get there quickly? Yes, it's actually off Division um, in Guthrie. And so it's, if you're heading north, it's the first exit to Guthrie, okay. and Vance Auto Group is right there off I-35. You cannot miss it. Um, of course, there'll be some signage and things like that, too. Um, the cost to get in tomorrow, this is a big one i got to cover, okay. $25 a car load. So we're kind of bringing it back like old-school drive-in style. Um, load up your car, $25 a car load gets you in, and like we said, every bit of that goes to make a wish. There's no overhead cost for this. Vance Auto Group literally covers all of it. So every dime that we raise tomorrow goes straight to make a wish. That is that is awesome. And, like, and how many wishes are we looking to grant this year? We're trying to grant five. So I also want to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. We got you time. don't have to be um, or you don't have to be a lifted vehicle owner uh, to attend. I think in the past people thought, well, I don't have a Jeep, so that's not for me. Well, that's not true. This is for everybody, completely family friendly. And um, we have people who have lifted vehicles that my husband actually one of them. We have a Jeep Gladiator. And so he's cool. volunteering tomorrow. For those that uh, don't have those vehicles, they can actually pay $5 um, to go around the track, and we've got people who will drive them so they can experience the fun. Man, you guys have had a busy week, too, Britt, before I let you go. Not only do you have the event this weekend, but 
You had the uh, State of the County luncheon that took place this week. Uh, my, my man Mark Wayne Mullen came by. Uh, things been things been pretty busy in 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 your neck of the woods this week, haven't they? Yes, um, I I don't know why, but I said okay, let's try to cram you know like five <laughs> chamber events in seven days. No, um, it just kind of fell that way. And right now, Guthrie and Logan County as a whole is seeing a ton of growth, and so. With that, um, running the chamber, you know, uh, there's a lot that comes with it because we've got a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, a lot of new families and businesses choosing Guthrie. And so um, that is, you know, that's what we're all about. And so we uh, we have definitely tried to stay busy, um, trying to do as much as we can for our chamber investors in our community. And, yeah, we had a blast with Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. He stopped by yesterday at our chamber investor luncheon and had a burger with us and spent some time with us, and it was great. $25 per car, no matter how many enter the vehicle, which I'm sure right. we've we've got to have a video on that to see what some people try to pull off. But in that same <laughs> vein, it's all towards a good cause. All proceeds go to Make-A-Wish. And this is just, again, a magnification of the, the chamber, the city of Guthrie, and then a great partner like Vance Auto Group coming together and putting on an event like this, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a ton of work, but it's a lot of fun. And this year... We moved it to October, hoping for some awesome fall weather, and it looks like that is exactly what's in store for us. So we are pumped. That's awesome. Hey, Britt, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. We'll make sure to spread the word and look forward to seeing you out there on Saturday. Awesome. Thank you so much. And just from uh, personally, from my family, go Sooners. Boomer Sooner. There you go, Britt. Make it good. <laughs> we'll see you. Brittany right. Timmons, Guthrie Chamber of Commerce president. We're talking about LiFest. Boy, I just like the name of that. Midwest Lift Fest. Pretty good. Pretty good. Bringing the energy to what start if, a Friday. What if I took my 2011 Ford Edge that's out there? It needs new tires, Josh. Just lifted it up a little bit, put big fat tires on it. No. <laughs> You're probably, in. Probably not. I'd probably Come on down. I'd blow the motor right away. All right. We got to take a break. Um, tough, heartbreaking one last night for the West Virginia Mountaineers. But let's take a sneak peek at the schedule ahead for this Saturday, and we'll do it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. What's going on, um, Bob from Cement? Do we want to go ahead and just do this now? What's up, BFC? How are you, man? I like to call you a couple of times during tackle football season, whether you want to hear from me or not. I appreciate hey, that. We, we still take calls on this radio station. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm trying to find you on the FM dial. What happened there? Yeah, unfortunately, that ain't happening right now. Well, oh, I mean, man. still on 99.3 FM, I should say. That's Thank still out there. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, on this jihad day, let me remind everyone to pack their really expensive ammo out there and carry an extra magazine on you, Okay. Utilize your Second Amendment rights today, and don't take any crap off anyone out there, okay? Hey, so I'm getting mentally prepared tonight for the Corey Kent-Jason Aldean show at the uh, Paycom Center, which I still call the Ford Center, by the way. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so uh, sitting in the same section with the great T.J. Perry and Katie tonight, too, and it's going to be all I can do to keep Miss Cement from getting into a drunken brawl with someone. You know what a wild freaky chick she is okay <laughs> and so yeah i mean you know i mean that's complete classless chicks it's, i mean i've already got bail money on her i mean you know it's going to be tough for me first of all she doesn't drink but she may start tonight so it's going to be really wild but uh 
Uh, so it's going to be a great show. Bixby's own Corey Kent, my good friend, is going to be uh, uh, getting things started. Boy, he says that Jason Aldean has been wonderful to him on this mm, tour. Too. Very cool. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, he's learned a lot from him on this tour. So it's been great. Hey, so I give my man Hero crap every tackle football broadcast about you guys, first of all, having the best broad game broadcast in the country but the absolute worst halftime shows. The guys you guys interview that are reading off of a Big Chief tablet and crayon, I mean, they cannot read the old prompter. It is amazing. So that's something that you guys, I think you guys try to find the worst halftime guest on the Tackle Football broadcast, and it's a running joke. I love that. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Not everyone can be as accomplished orator and speaker as you can. BFC, sometimes they need notes. Sometimes people get a little bit nervous. That's uh, that's what happens. You know, it, it's it's the reality of life. I mean, it is. I mean, the, the subjects are so boring, too. I mean, it's just, I mean, tell us about the organic uh, marijuana you're growing in parts of northwestern Oklahoma. Uh, what you're doing and what you're doing to cure syphilis in parts of uh, Africa. I mean, it's amazing the topics you guys come up with. It is just unbelievable. But I just wanted to check in with you and wish everyone a happy uh, off week and uh, in, in, enjoy the great concert tonight. I wish you were going with us, hanging with, with, with uh, me and TJ tonight, my well, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the phone call, Bob, from Cement. Um, always, always good to hear from you. I don't know if that would be a must-see concert for your boy. I don't know the the kid from Bixby. I don't think I've ever heard one of his songs. And I don't – my kids – my kid, my kids determine what I listen to. And I, uh, I don't know if Jason Aldean is on their playlist. So I usually get a lot of Taylor Swift, Josh. No Corey Kent so far. No Corey Kent so far. But <laughs> I will add it is – I, I, I think I would I would want to go see it, but I don't necessarily know if it would be one of those concerts that I'd be like, oh, dude, I love this song. All right, and then we're going to go. I wouldn't know any of the songs that were being played. I would have no idea. What's the last concert you went to? Like big Garth concert? Brooks. Yeah, that you paid for and everything? Yeah, the Garth that like Brooks. seven years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Remember what was crazy about that concert is either the first concert ran super long, something happened, and our portion, our ticket, the second show didn't get started. I want to say until like maybe midnight. Yeah, you you had like the overnight show. I want to say Toby was there too at the late show. I think Toby and Jen were there too. Why were you guys going to that show? Uh, I think it was the last tickets we could get. Yeah, late I, to the party. Yeah, I, I think just uh, we had gotten line and and yeah, it was just it was wild. It was hot too. It was hot. My wife was also on a, do you really feel like you need to have a beer at this concert tonight? And I was like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll just, we'll water it. We'll be good. And then after we were sitting outside for as long as we were, she's like, okay, I need a drink. <laughs> so it was changed, hot. It was that hot that, that week, too. Um, the must-see concert tonight, according to Boomer Bowtie, will be at Windstar Casino with Ringo Star. Really? Okay. Ringo plays such a prominent role in uh, my favorite radio show that maybe I should go. Maybe I should go catch Ringo Starr tonight. Y'all act like I have. I, I don't know how any of you do it. I'm just going to be very clear about this right now. I don't know how any of you do it. 
I don't know how TJ and Katie do it. I don't know how anyone does it with kids where you can just go and do whatever you want. I have no idea how that happens. Oh, we get a babysitter. I don't trust anyone. <laughs> I don't have family that's near me that can come watch my kids. I, just, I don't have a, a, a mother-in-law that I can call because if I call my mother-in-law, it probably involves me having to get her tickets to something, right? And then I got to drive her down from, Oak, from Tulsa. I don't know how you people do this. It's, it's one of the great mysteries in life to me. It's like, oh, what are you guys doing tonight? It's like, oh, we're going to go. Oh, we're going to have dinner. Then we're going to hit a movie. Uh, we might go to the concert as well, too. I'm like, <laughs> you have four kids. How are you doing this right now? Not even the cost of it, Josh. Just the child care part of it. I don't know how you do it. Just the free time portion. Gosh. And even if there is free time for me, it's like, you know, you split the fence last night whenever you tried to do this. Or you need to go talk. <laughs> it's like, I don't. Teach me your ways, oh, Padawans, and how you do this. I mean, I have no clue whatsoever how anyone pulls this off. Big uh, weekend coming up at the pumpkin patch, huh? That's what I get to do. That's what I get to do. Oh, uh, we're going to go Jason Aldean. We're going to go to the lake. Great. I go to the pumpkin patch in Tulsa and walk around. It's awesome. Smell stinky goats and horrible <laughs> horses that have been walking around in a circle. Poor guys. It does sound fun, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Maybe this is just bitterness that's coming out right now. All right. It's 9.33 already. Number one game, think about this during the break. Okay. Like, we do the watchability index on a couple of other shows that I do, and you and I have thrown this out at times during the 2022 season. Watchability rankings. Beyond just the Big 12, who would you have at number one on this list for the weekend? Think about it during the break. We'll get into it next right here on The Ref. Boy, uh, BFC. BFC always generates a response. I don't know if it's always the best response, but <laughs> it's always positive, isn't it? What is the what is the feeling or the analogy, I guess? There's no such thing as bad publicity, which I I mean obviously I as someone who listens to a lot of murder podcasts, I could not disagree with that sentiment more. Which by the way, I just finished up Murder in Apartment 12 this morning, Josh. Lines are open right now. I just want to say, if you guys want to talk about this, what a terrible police department. What an absolutely terrible police department. And for this dude to still be, hey, here's what you're saying on tape. Here's what you. Here's how you acted. I didn't do that. It's like, it's on tape, bro. That's you yelling and screaming and telling the kid he can't leave. Anyway, no one cares. No, it's this. not. But I've seen enough to where I'm like, there's no such thing as bad pup. But I'm starting to wonder in the case of uh, – BFC, if maybe there is there is that such thing. BFC is reading. Please quit picking up on him. CJ in Midwest City. Why is he on the radio? Uh, <laughs> the 918 writes, this caller is a prime example as to why you shouldn't take calls. Oklahoma Johnny BFC coming in hot this morning with a Rambo gif. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, more of a positive response, I would say. Um Sooner finish in Raleigh, phone call, thumbs down, text, thumbs up. Uh, and then there was, let's see here, what else did we have here? There is this from uh, at the super secret textosa line, BFC is a jackass. Just straight and to the point. I guess so. I guess so. All right, to the, by the, did I tell you? Last night, last night, Josh. I got to meet Jesse G. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was uh I I 
I, I think I dropped a bomb when I met him because I told him he's one of the funniest people on, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. No doubt. But I also, you know, he would always ask questions about Washington, and I'm like, wait, you're here. You know everything about Washington. He's like, yeah, 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 it's mostly fun. But um, <laughs> you had brought up the Makai Lemon story. Yeah. Because correct me if I'm wrong, right? Lemon was standout receiver recruit, right? Five star, yeah. Coming here. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden Lincoln leads. But see, Lincoln didn't encourage anyone to leave Oklahoma. No. Guys. So I just I want to make that very clear. He didn't do that. And so the next thing you know, you're in you're in California somehow. I don't know how that happened. But uh Jesse G dropped his doozy. Is Mulesu attempting to play a Trajan Bridges rerun? He'll never learn, will he? Gonna end up losing Crutes eventually over that Mickey Mouse, over those Mickey Mouse decisions. Huh. I didn't even thought about that one. Oh, was he ever committed to OU or not? He was, right? yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, I know you're going through the timeline. But yeah, the Trajan Bridges. Oh my gosh, Jesse G, the memory. Well, you know, we're kind of struggling with our depth at corner. I got an idea. Let's put our best receiver at corner and see how it works out. Or at least a talented receiver, I should say. Turnbow in OKC writes, The Pac-12 could be an exact replica of the Big 12 of past years. They beat up each other and knock a team out of the playoff picture. I mean, historically, boy, uh, what? Historically, guys, bros. What is this? What is this, happy hour? What am I doing? It's 942. Bros! What's up? Let's go. Um, but typically, that's that's kind of been the Pac-12, right? Where they have a team playing in the Pac-12 championship game, and if they win, they've got a chance to go to the playoffs, and they lose. USC last year, a couple years ago, we benefited from who was it? I want to say it was Oregon getting beat by Utah or vice versa. Uh, Toby, Ted, and I were watching that one at the, the Windstar. That was 2019. And you're just like, whoa. They're going to lose. We got a chance to go to the playoffs if we win tomorrow. And lo and behold, that's what happened. But I do think, Turnbow, that's a good point. <laughs> Marietta Sooner. Nobody puts Dusty in hard times and regrets it. Hard times. Hard times. Oh, here's a good one from the 918. Been listening from Tulsa and playing different games with you guys for a long time. Wow. Disappointing cousin Steve Owens from Miami, Oklahoma will be disappointed also. Been listening from Tulsa and playing different games with you guys for a long time. That just really popped in. I don't know what that's about, but I assume that's somebody that's mad about King of the Mountain. We catch more strays from people that are mad about King of the Mountain than anything else in this program's history. We need... TJ to get a handle of this TJ, you got to get this thing taken care of because you just lost another listener who <laughs> apparently is related to Steve Owens. I can't have this on my program. Uh, guys, I honestly think Iowa State writes the 405 is the second or third best team they have. Uh, the second or third best team. They have a good defense. If their offense continues to improve, I think they're a sleeper and they get Texas at home. Thoughts? I think Iowa State has found their guy. I really do. I And, and again, this is no fix, uh, offense to Hunter Deckers, but 
Deckers was a guy that had struggled. You know, he turned the ball over a lot. Now you're going to Cincinnati. Don't look now. Um, The noobs to the Big 12 are doing what everyone thought they would that's in Power 5 country, and they're struggling. I mean, I know everyone else is like, oh, they'll go to the Big 12, and they'll be just fine because they don't play any defense, and Blatt will be fine. Yeah, um, here's Cincinnati 0-2. You know, BYU's got a big opportunity at 1-1, though I don't think they're kind of in that same boat as a winless UCF right now or a uh, Houston who needed a Hail Mary to finally beat someone last night. So, to that texter's point, Josh, why not Iowa State? Which would be hilarious given how they were shut out by Ohio. Well, shut down, I guess I should say. They basically were shut out. Yeah, by Ohio <laughs> in a in a 10-7 game. They had they they entered the OSU game 1 and 2 and they gave up 50 to Oklahoma. But now they go to Cincinnati and they go to Baylor, two very winnable games. That could be a 5-1 and one football team heading into Kansas on November 14th in conference play. Sorry, 4-1 and one football team heading into Baylor in conference play. If they play. win these next two, let's talk. Okay, I agree. I think that's a good one, though. I think that's a really good one. Um, and uh, then the 4-6-9 added, not only does Iowa State get Texas at home, it's in late November. It's going to be frigid frigid and cold he put friggin and it scared me for a moment and i was like you scared me for a moment i scared myself for a moment i don't know um i find myself to be in a really i find myself to be in a really curious spot with iowa state well when i look at their schedule and i say to myself man every game looks difficult that tells me that i don't think they're the third best team Exactly. I'm like, oh, well, if they can get by, well, that's going to be tough against Cincinnati at Baylor at Kansas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so you you get number one, number one to pay off the tees here at 9:46 on the ref. Keep the text coming; they're really good. 405-651-3439. Apparently, somebody else decided to do a mid-season awards. I guess everyone's just copying off us. I'll let you know what the AP had. But where would you where would you put the most Intriguing, important, exciting game of twenty twenty, or exciting game of week seven this week. And where would you, where would you want to be? You got a ticket to any of these games? Wh- where you go? I'm going to Husky Stadium. Heck yeah, we are. Number uh, eight, Oregon. Number seven, Washington. Which one of these two is a well? Who's got the leg up to be a legitimate college football playoff contender? And I don't know, national championship contender. Hmm. Interesting. That, I mean, that's got to be number one. Number USC one. Notre Dame's pretty good, though. Five and zero. Oh, five and zero. Oh. The drama of how that went last year. You know, it's kind of wild when you think about Oregon from twenty twenty two, right? Dan Lanning was in his first year. They opened up the season. What, what didn't just got smoked by Georgia in their opener, and then they reeled together eight wins in a row, but yet they're completely – it's just completely ignored that they lost two of their last three games, you know? Blew that Oregon State game, had a big lead, somehow lost. Who was uh, – they lost to Utah? Washington. No, it was – they okay. beat Utah. They beat Utah, but they lost to Washington on a last-second field goal in a game – in a game that they – I don't want to ever say they had control in, but they were headed to the – 
they, they had a touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. So basically, with three minutes to go, they were up 34 uh, 27. So each of those other losses, they, Oregon State, Washington, to some degree, probably feel, hey, we gave these away. Their game control numbers were probably fantastic <laughs> last year, I would imagine. Most important statistic in football. Yeah, and uh, Bo Nix got hurt in that game, too, last year against Washington. Bo Nix got hurt. He didn't finish the game. Um, in fact, I don't know if he played the entire fourth quarter, but he still, I mean, they were, they were cooking one more little side to this. Are these two of the more kind of put Dylan Gabriel in there dudes who we didn't think too much of where they were before, but they go somewhere else. And suddenly we think they're stars and Michael Penix and Bo Nix, especially Michael Penix. Thank you. Well, Bo Nix too. Yeah. I mean, those, each of those guys, but, uh, Michael Penix had done some nice things at Indiana, but the idea that he was going to be this, I don't know that uh, you'd have to find the most ardent and true Indiana fan to have found somebody that felt that way. And Bo Nix, you know what? I don't think there's any Auburn fans that are feeling real good about Bo Nix. No, no, no one was. In fact, what he's become at Oregon has been has been a mix of, well, they're just going up against softer defenses from an Auburn's fan's and perspective. A total indictment of Auburn. Oh, exactly, and where they were whenever he was there. Some Auburn, yeah, he still he still sucks. He still it's like Oklahoma fans even after Dylan Gabriel's drive. USC fans after this weekend when the, right. the defense gives up another forty, ah, they're gonna get it figured out. Two sneaky under the radar games that I've got my eye on: Miami, North Carolina. Yeah, we know we know how poorly it went for Miami last week, and uh, Drake May. Don't look now. North Carolina's undefeated in the ACC, and then UCLA at Oregon State. A couple of one loss teams still in the mix for the Pac twelve title game. Now, remember, Pac-12, I don't think they're doing divisions this year, so you're going to get one versus two in their championship game. I hope that Cristobal and Miami have some sort of situation pop up. Not totally similar to last week, but something to where it comes down to a management of the game by the head coach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For good or for bad. All of a sudden, everyone's looking at him. He's like, I got this now. I got it. <laughs> which we all know he probably doesn't. All right, quick break. We'll put a wrap on our one. Lee Sterling next right here on The Ref. I love how close some of y'all pay attention to this show. Julio, that's the greatest text ever. I mean, the greatest text ever. If my cousin was Steve Owens and I was going to name drop him, it would be for a sideline pass or a corner booth at Legends, not King of the Mountain. <laughs> King of the Mountains gets I mean, it gets serious up here. Steelman and I were just joking about how many strays we catch. I sent it in. I sent it in. I'm telling you, here's what TJ and Toby need to do. I'm just, I'm the advice guy around here. Just have an intern be in charge of it. Just have an intern be in charge. There you of go. It. I love it. And don't use the text line for it. <laughs> Please, for the love of all that is holy. You're either going to get a bounce back message about affordable door. Or I'm going to get someone yelling at me about how uh, they had put their pick in. I'm like, I have no control over this, sir or ma'am. Lee Sterling has been kind enough to push back to the top, our push of four to the top of the hour. I felt bad because we got a little bit carried away in our game of the week, and Lee was kind enough because he had a little bit of room to roam here to dive in and uh, and talk about the weekend ahead. And plus, uh, Lee is a big Miami fan. Did you know this? Yeah, I remember okay. that. Right. He's got to just be in Heartbreak Hotel. But there's real – I mean, <laughs> Julio, again, that is a great text. I can't – even begin to tell you how good the text line is today and there's not an Oklahoma game tomorrow I I don't 
Clinton Tulsa's very mad at you, BFC. I don't know. I don't know at the end of the day, you know, what's going to happen for the Sooners the rest of the season. I just, I assume they're going to roll. But if anything, it seems like it's just really reignited the overall, hey, wait a minute, after six and seven last year, college football is pretty awesome. I can watch everything, and I don't have to be mad about Tebow, and I don't have to be mad about Caleb Williams. Eh, there's some good stuff. I almost feel like it's with Oklahoma being better and seeing some of the same problems from Norman carry over to L.A., it's, it's almost as if it's, it's brightened everyone's day hey, whenever I say, it comes to uh, college football. I say keep winning, USC. We'll see you in the college football <laughs> playoff. Uh, all right. So Lee's going to join us next. I've got – Steel Man's got some great audio from Dana Holgerson postgame last night. And congratulations to your Chiefs. The Chiefs. And I have a – What a performance. I have a terrible confession to make next hour, too. It's all coming up on a busy Friday edition of the Plank Show. Hour run, or hour one, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com.